Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? Ultimate Warrior will run forever! And welcome back, folks, to another edition of WrestleRant Radio. Right here on EC Radio, I'm your host and the most, Graham Jason Matthews, of course, sitting alongside the return of RJ. How are you doing today, RJ? Doing good tonight. And, of course, we've got the return of Jeff Stone. If you can hear me in the background, how's it going tonight, Jeff? Oh, it's the big guy. It's the big guy. They've been quoting Ryback ever since they got in the door 10 minutes ago for whatever reason. But, yeah, it's been a pretty big week in the world of wrestling. Survivor Series, which you were not here for to review last week. We had the debut of Sting, Punk Breaking His Silence, the Stone Cold podcast last week. Even the Uso special with that, which I thought was pretty good. I talked about that last week. But, um... Being joined today by Clark. Um, Clark is a former member of the show over on Save Us GSM, good friend of mine on Twitter. Clark, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Sounds good, brother. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw TLC coming up in a few more weeks, but first and foremost, a lot of going on with Punk, Vince, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, WWE Network, a lot to dissect here. But before we even get into that, RJ, you weren't here last week, so I'll give you a few minutes or a few, you know, your time to talk about your thoughts on what happened, not just recently, because we're going to be talking about that in a second, but what you missed last week in terms of Survivor Series staying. Like, what were your you know brief thoughts on that? I thought Survivor Series in a whole was really good, honestly. Um, Miz and Miz died. I predicted that was going to happen, so I thought that was nice. A good win for them. Um, Nikki Bella won. The Diva, other D match really didn't matter. So then Wyatt and I think Wyatt and Ambrose went to DQ, right? I went to a DQ. Yeah, Why D- won? Why yeah. won by DQ? So yeah. that was it. Was what it was. Then they te- then they obviously teased it going to TLC. So and then now we know it's going to TLC. So that's good. And then the main event was ridiculous. I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. I when I saw the Big Show turn, I was like, Ugh. you knew someone uh, was going to turn. I no, just I kind of knew like because like it showed Big Show and he was like yelling at Cena like get up and oh, Cena yeah, yeah, got yeah. and they knocked him out. I'm like, Again. this is so stupid, and annoying. Like and then I was like, Ziggler's definitely come back. And then we started hitting zigzags and DDTs. And I, I thought Wardman was coming back. I was back. like, please, I want to hear all your voices yeah. so bad. Sting coming back was nice. I had goosebumps. I watched it the other day with Jeff, and I had goosebumps still. It was ridiculous seeing Sting come out. Drops the uh, death drop on Triple H, puts Ziggler on Rollins. And then Raw, I think it was Raw. I don't really remember much of Raw. I know Concessions Kane. Daniel Bryan was there, obviously. I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the return of Daniel Bryan, yeah. That's great. Besides that... That's pretty much it. I thought Survivor Series was really good, probably one of the better papers of the year, and finally turned to Survivor Series like of the old kind of. Survivor Series is one of your favorite pay-per-views. favorite pay per views. Oh three, you said you had fond memories of the installment of that pay per view. So, where does this rank of your all time favorite Survivor Series shows that you've seen? And this is going back to oh two. This is probably it's probably not going to be as high as I'd probably say oh three oh two, oh three oh two, oh five oh four. Then probably this one. Okay, so maybe like fifth out of out of how many? Yeah, so. Oh four, uh, that like st- those four years in a row were really good. Yeah, I didn't watch oh four, but oh five was really 04 good. Oh four is the one I think that Undertaker came back after. The Orton match? No, that was 05. 05? Then yeah. I'm trying to think of 04 was. 04 was something. But yeah, Survivor Series, a lot of good shows. I thought the show overall was really good. Definitely one of the better pay-per-views for WWE as a whole this year. But this debut of Sting, all that kind of stuff. So quick thoughts. We won't go into a quick debate about this right now. But yes or no, do you see Sting versus Triple H happening at WrestleMania or Sting versus Undertaker? matters if Undertaker can wrestle. I th- I've seen some reports today that they're going to have Sting versus Triple H at Royal Rumble. Then... Hopefully, uh, Undertaker make it for WrestleMania, but I think that would be more of a definite plan. They wouldn't plan that if they don't know for sure if Undertaker can wrestle or not. Obviously, everyone wants to see Sting and Undertaker. I don't know who would actually go over in that match. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think it's like one of those fancy matchups that like you wouldn't like know. I kind of thought going into like the first Cena Rock match, I was like for sure Cena was going to win, and they kind of swerved that. That's but, what I thought too. Yeah, but I think Sting and Undertaker. I don't know. It's like not. It's a big match, but for them just 
so old in their career, I don't really think it matters who wins. Because either way, it'll end with like a handshake and like respect like that, obviously, two legends. Yeah. But hopefully Undertaker could wrestle and maybe get a good match out of him. Like, I saw it today, like, they said it's probably going to be, like, no DQ or, like, special guest referee or something, like, to take re- less of, like, the stress off the rest. Like, yeah. to cover the, the bad stuff. In the well, if the streak was on the line, then it would have been predictable that Undertaker was going over. So yeah. I'm glad that it's not going to be over the streak. But in your opinion, what would you rather see, though? Which match? I'd rather see Sting and Undertaker. Sting and Undertaker over Sting and Triple H? Yeah, because yeah. I think the spectacle is there. I mean, I think Triple H and Undertaker, or Triple H and Sting could be a better match. But the dream match that people are going to be buying WrestleMania for is Sting versus Undertaker. So hopefully if Undertaker is ready to go, then we can see that match come WrestleMania. But uh, nevertheless, though, Monday Night Raw from last night, kind of want to kick it off with this. The anonymous Raw general manager, kind of a weird thing to kick it off with, but... Clark, I'll get your thoughts on this first. Now, the anonymous Raw general manager is a storyline dating back to 2010. They did it for a year, never paid it off until two years ago when they revealed that it was Hornswoggle. Now, they brought it back last week at the end of the Raw to the groans of many and uh, never really said last night who it was, never acknowledged that it was Hornswoggle. So they never acknowledged their own storyline, all this other crap. So, Clark, I want to get your thoughts on the return of the anonymous Raw general manager last week on Raw, or this week on Raw. And do you think it really served a purpose uh, last night on Raw, or no? No, not at all. Because, what? Uh, he, because he, what, what, he was in the first segment? Like, I don't remember him being in, like, in any other segment at all. It was just Brother Rollins and Cena, and um, he booked the tables match, I believe, for uh, Cena and Rollins at the TLC pay-per-view. But other than that, that was it. So, yeah, the uh, the anonymous Raw GM was really pointless. It's pointless now. It was pointless back then. Yeah, I don't know. It was just bad. Well, they touted the show as Cyber Monday last week at the end of Raw. It's like, oh, Cyber Monday next week. And I figured most of the matches like Cyber Sunday, you know, back in 05, 06, 07, whatever, Taboo Tuesday, same thing, when they would make you vote on the matches. And they didn't do that. They did it for maybe one match, the Divas match, exactly. And they never showed the computer again, which is probably a good thing because they hated that damn thing. And they never did anything that tied into Cyber Sunday theme. So that was kind of weird. I didn't think it was a bad show, though. I thought Raw was good last night. I thought it was decent. I think it could have been better. But, uh, you know, as we approach TLC, I think that could be a strong show um, on paper. But, yeah, that being said, RJ, what were your thoughts when you heard that da-da-da on last week on Raw? I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, at least, like, I feel like back in 2010, they kind of overkilled it. At least last night, there was only the one thing. I remember, like, every, before every match, like, ding 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 and then stupid Cole would run up and say the stupid spiel. Can I have your attention, Yeah, please? exactly. It's so annoying. At least they only did it once last night, didn't overkill it, but don't, you don't need the stupid GM. Like, if anyone that's been watching now has probably been watching since 2010, so you know the raw GM was Hornswoggle, so I think they should just stick with no GM or just have Vince do it or just something, not the stupid computer. Well, that's my next question for you. Who do you think, now the authority is out of power, who do you think takes over? Or who do you think should take over? They name drop Eric Bischoff last night, too. I wish it was Eric Bischoff. I'm bad. Oh, I, I'd have wrapped. I wish Shane, but Vince said last night that's not going to happen on the podcast. He, said Shane he didn't did. say that he wasn't going to be back. He just said he was busy doing other things. Yeah, he branched off. Sorry, he probably won't be back. I don't yeah. know. Hopefully, like, I don't know. Hopefully, I would like to see Eric Bischoff not just have Vince just make decisions from time to time. Yeah, I'd I'd much rather have just Vince in charge. Well, like Teddy Long, like, I don't know, someone that, like, I don't care if it's Teddy Long, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't really, I I don't think we need a GM, per se. I mean, if we brought back Eric Bischoff, I think it'd be cool, if only for, like, a one-night-only kind of thing. But, um, I mean, like you just said, have Vince show up every once in a while, that's really all you need. We don't need the authority kicking off the show every single week and them interrupting in every single segment, stuff like that. I liked when they had, like, Mr. McMahon was, like, the head kind of, but then you have the coach. And the exactly, yeah, the coach. The I coach. loved coach. Jonathan Coachman. Yeah, he works at ESPN, but... Um, they, almost pulled it, they almost had to deal with him this past summer, I think, for the network, and it fell through. Yeah, I liked coach, but I don't know. Like, besides, I just had Mr. McMahon or just, like I said, Teddy Long would be fine enough for me. Yeah, he I think they could bring back Teddy Long. I think they, they got rid of him earlier this year, but that doesn't mean they can't bring him back, though. Or like Dusty Rhodes or someone, like some old guy that somewhat makes sense. Someone that's still in the company. Jerry Lawler? No. Someone said that last week. What, what do you think about Jerry Lawler? 
And get him off commentary, I guess. That that's true. That's or a GB, plus. I don't mind if JBL was a GM. I hate him on commentary. He <laughs> yeah, he sucks. was GM of uh, NXT for a while too. Sucks on commentary. He's so <laughs> the whole annoying. commentary is terrible. Right nah, now. I don't really mind Michael Cole. Jerry Lawler sucks, but I hate. No, no, but I mean, like all three of them together. Oh, yeah. are bad. Well, they have no one else. Who else is gonna call? Like Renee Young? Like no, nah, she's not Saxton, ready right now. Tom but that's Phillips. what I mean. Well, I mean, they can call in Jr. at any point. They ta- at, at any no, point. No, like, him and Vince have beef. They said. No, they didn't say they had heat. They said something. We'll get into that a little bit later before we get into that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. We'll, we'll talk about the Stone Cold podcast in a second. But, uh, Clark, if you had to take a guess, if you wanted to, if you had the authority to pick who would be in charge of WWE, Monday Night Raw, whatever, um, whether it be a GM, an authority figure in general, who would you have? Um, I like uh, Teddy Long idea, actually. That's uh, Because he's been the uh, SmackDown GM, the longest reigning SmackDown GM. So it'd be uh, pretty cool to see him back on Raw, running Raw. And uh, that means more tag team matches, player. Holla, holla. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need more tag team matches, especially with the, uh, the tag team division lacking right now. The New Day showing up last yeah, night on Monday I Night Raw. I fucking hate the New Day. You hate the New Day? You thought they were winning last night. Did I? Yeah, you texted me like... That doesn't mean anything. They can win. I don't know. I just don't like the stupid shuck and jive. Like, I thought they were going to debut in Dirt. <laughs> like, who cares? You guys are all clowns. It's like Kofi. I thought they were going to debut yeah, but... with him. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I think they were gonna. I thought they were gonna debut and ditch the heel gimmick, but they didn't do that, and it was really, really confusing. I hope they do that at some point. But um, still, though, I thought that was a. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Hopefully, it wasn't really established last night on Raw who we're getting next for the authority figure. I'm hoping the laptop isn't here to stay, and it's not a permanent thing. I'm hoping that it becomes, you know, just a every week thing where we get a former GM or someone else taking over on a weekly basis, something like that, for the meantime, until they fell, until they settle on someone permanent. Because it's obvious they made that authority stipulation to sell pay-per-view buys, network subscriptions, whatever, and they didn't really plan ahead thinking what they're going to do next, which isn't a first thing with WWE. They do this all the time. They're not going to plan ahead. Um, so I'm not really surprised by that. So hopefully they can, you know, uh, solve that issue come WrestleMania time. But, of course, we talked about it at the start of the show, the Stone Cold podcast now, we'll talk about this because Clark and I, because I know you don't really want to talk about it, the Punk Podcast. Clark and I will talk about that in a second, but uh, I'm going to get your thir- thoughts on this first, RJ. Stone Cold having his first podcast last night. Now, this was announced at Survivor Series. I'm a longtime fan of the Stone Cold Podcast. I think he does a great job. Did you listen to his interview with Wyatt, by the way, or no? I did not listen to that yet. No, it was good. They had the second part today on Podcast One, but they sat down last night, and you and I both, as well as a lot of people, we thought it was going to be some standard thing like, Hey, you know, like it was fun feuding back in the day, like whatever favorite memories of our feud. And they did do that, but they went a lot more candid. Stone Cold Steve Austin, what I love about him is that he's real. Like he's down to earth. He knows what the people want to know. He's in touch with what the people, you know, like what they want to know and stuff like that. So they're talking about Macho Man, CM Punk, Cesaro. Why is he not being pushed? Why is Brock Lesnar not on TV? Um, all this other stuff. I thought it was really, really interesting. So, RJ, what was your initial impression of the podcast last night, thinking about it? Because, well, you didn't watch it initially, and then you heard how awesome it was, and then you then watched, watched it. it yeah. So, what were your first thoughts of it? I thought it was, like, wicked. I thought it was wicked nice that finally, like, Vince kind of came out of kayfabe, kind of, and, like, talked more, like, reality WWE and, like, how, like, pretty much, like, seeing it's more sports entertainment now, like, obviously it's different than when Stone Cold's in the Attitude Era and stuff like that, and just, like, you kind of are seeing, like, guys don't have, like, the same want as the guys in Attitude Warrior. I remember he said, like, this roster's not the same as the old one, but... He didn't bury the roster, but he kind of did roster, dig at him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The he, only person he really... He said John Cena's the only one, which I could easily say. Because, obviously, John Cena's, like, been the guy that's pretty much held the company up for the last 10, 15 years, for Christ's sakes. I feel like everyone shits on Cena, but, like, give the guy some credit. The guy does... Works every day of the well, week. Was a worker, he's exactly. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. I like, he's like I hate when workers. people like you can't wrestle. Like the guys been fucking standing the company. The guys doing everything he can do to make sure like these guys survive. And everyone's <laughs> like, you suck. Like your five moves of doom, and like you suck. Like every other face does too. So shove it up your ass. Like I, I don't really like Cena that much, but I, like I respect. No, as a person, absolutely. I, I, I just don't. Great. I just respect what he does. So yeah, I was like how Vince didn't really nag at Cena at least, but um. I thought it was nice how they went into depth about, like, the CM Punk stuff, uh, WrestleMania, the streak being ended, and stuff like that. I think he really did, like, come out. Like, we've been talking about, like, how lackluster the roster's really been, like, the depth-wise, and he, he himself even said that. So it's kind <laughs> yeah. of fun. Like, he pretty much was saying, like, that's why we need part-timers, kind of, because yeah. there's really no depth. And, like, I know you're saying, like, they don't, like, long-term book, but, like, 
say they book so and so further down the road and they get hurt, like we've seen recently, like Brian and Roman Reigns, then you can't that rub that long term booking kind of like goes up in flames. Yeah. So I think it was nice to see Vince come out of his shell and like actually talk legit and not like wrestling like corporateness. So yeah, that was wicked nice. The wicked nice uh, podcast. I was I would definitely listen to another one if they had. Like another one set like that on the, the like a live one on the network. I think my only complaint is that they didn't sell it like that on Raw. Yeah, so you exactly. saw Vince on Raw. He's like, oh, it's going to be a fun interview. But if they said, I'm not saying they should have name dropped CM Punk, but even I know on the website they interviewed Stone Cold yesterday. They said, what are you going to ask him about? He said, oh, maybe ask him about Daniel Bryan, maybe ask him about CM Punk, and that got some people talking. But not everyone reads the website in terms of like casual viewers. A lot of people didn't even know about that. So what they could have done on Raw, and they aired a commercial for it like every five minutes, which I thought was fine. But on Raw, when they showed Vince, the least it could have said was, like, I'm going to be, be very candid, and that's what's going to sell your network subscriptions. So hopefully the word of how great this thing was is going to sell some more network subscriptions. And I like how they did it on the 1st of December after the free month was over so people would have to sign up in order to see it. So I thought that was great. But, Clark, I'm going to get your thoughts on the podcast. What were your initial impressions of uh, listening to it last night? Um, well, first off, uh, I have, I've been a podcast fan as, recently. And it's been a pretty good week for podcasts. I mean, you know, Austin's podcast, or wrestling, which we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, uh, Austin's podcast was like really um, was like was like real because Austin did not um, go soft on Vince. He like really hit him. Talk about Punk and Macho Man, you know, stuff that uh, wrestling fans are asking about. We never get answers for. Uh, so yeah, it's it was a really good uh, podcast. Um, it was really cool to like have Vince talk about um, about uh, transitioning from a uh, a few man writing team to like what twenty six or something like that. Um, and you know it was just really cool to like listen to Vince and you know ha- like um, have him talk about Cesaro and uh, actually him talking about uh, Ted Turner when he started WCW. Ted said, hey, Vince, I'm uh, in the wrestling business. And then Vince said, well, you may be in the wrestling business, but I'm in the entertainment business. And, you know, that's just pretty cool how he just talked about that. And never, like, I don't know. Um, he didn't, like, deny as much. He just, like, he just, he just went straight into the, uh, into the questions and just answered them. No, yeah, that alone I thought was really, really good. I think a lot of part of it, I, I thought for the most part he was giving me like, oh, I don't really want to get into that. Because at first when he said, do you want to talk about CM Punk? He's like, well, the only thing I'll say about CM Punk is a few things. One, I apologize, all this other stuff. But they ended up talking yeah. about it for like 20 minutes, and it was great because I thought, I think the podcast as a whole was like an hour, like in 15 minutes, like 75 minutes of audio, and I thought it was amazing. But um, I do want to yeah. talk about this real quick before we get into the punk stuff. You and I, Clark... But um, I do want to talk about the Cesaro thing. So we were talking about before the show went live about how Cesaro, and it was one of the first things they talked about in that um, Stone Cold, who has been an avid fan of Cesaro since the start of the year. I've been listening to his podcast like the last year now, and he's always talked about how he's a big fan of Cesaro. He's missing a few things. And, um, you know, even he himself has noticed that how he was – how great he was getting over earlier this year. Jeff, like the day after WrestleMania, when you and I were talking about when the streak ended and stuff like that, you said, I'm a Cesaro fan now after he won that Battle Royale. Remember that? You're not now. Yeah, exactly. The casual fan is not going to be a a fan of Cesaro after a poorly booked he's been. But um, nevertheless, though – even he himself realized or talked about how you know he was on fire earlier this year with Paul Heyman and the WrestleMania win as a babyface. Why didn't you turn him? Like they were using all the insider terms too, which I thought was great. Like they weren't dumbing it down for us, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. But um, I'll ask you, Clark, first. What were your thoughts on on Vince saying that uh, Cesaro doesn't have it? Do you agree with that? And how else do you think Cesaro is going to make it here in uh, WWE? Um. It's a little 50-50 for me because he connects well with the fans. I mean, uh, the swing, you know, that just gets fans up on their feet. And, you know, after counting, like, you know, 20, 22 swings or something like that, um, you know, that gets the crowd really on fire. But, yeah, like Vince said last night, uh, his verbal skills need a little bit of work. Um, you know, he, he's uh, charismatic in the ring. I 
Uh, I disagree with Vince on that one. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I can see him improving a little bit more. But uh, one day I can just see him being a, uh, a world champion. And, you know, that's just, you know, I'm not going to ever quit being a, on the uh, Cesaro uh, bandwagon because I'm a huge fan of the guy. He's, he, he does have it in my eyes, but to, like, to management and to Vince, he doesn't have it yet. But, you know, that's just what I, what I have to say about it. No, I think all the best workers in WWE history have all been at one point in time underutilized or not used to their full potential. Like Daniel Bryan early on in his career really wasn't doing anything. Like He was U.S. champion for a while, but he was like a glorified mid-card guy. And people were saying, why aren't you doing you know more with him? Maybe they were saying the same thing about CM Punk years ago. I can't really speak for that. But guys like Cesaro, Dolph Ziggler, who we complain about all the time being buried here or there, was the sole survivor at Survivor Series. What that means for his future, I don't know, because really, I mean, he's been coming off well as a main event star in the last few weeks because he's been winning the main events of Raw, SmackDown, whatever. So only time will tell in terms of that goes. But, yeah, I think Vince is right. I think he is lacking that kind of it thing. He does have charisma, like you said before. I think it's not only with Cesaro. I think it is more so with the booking. Like, if they book him to win more or... Maybe it's not as simple as that. I don't know because they've just been. If you think about it, in like 2014 alone, he's gotten what like 20 title shots. He's lost every time. Show to the casual yeah. viewer, he's a loser. Like it's it's like as simple as that. Like if you lose, if you make this guy lose X amount of times, he's going to be seen as a loser. Like with Sami Zayn, it's yeah. a little different. Like he's an underdog. Cesaro isn't that kind of guy. But um, I think in terms of Cesaro, it's just going to take time before people can kind of see him as a main event star. He's just got to pay his dues, pretty much. So, RJ, I want to get your thoughts on this, too. I thought I think, I think think he kind of nailed it on the head, but to a extent, even if he has it all, that doesn't mean he's going to be at the top. Like, I think Dolph Ziggler has the it factor. He has the in-ring skills, the mic skills, the charisma, but he's not WWE champion. So I feel like, obviously... Yeah, even the, if he did have it, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I think, obviously, the booking does, does not help Cesaro, obviously, like... Like you said, like a casual fan sees him losing, but obviously, like Dean Ambrose hasn't won in so long, so that's obviously a little bit different. But I just think that if he was maybe won one of those title matches, it would have meant something. I think he should have won something. The whole Andre Giant Memorial thing was just a big flop in the WWE. They just, they just never, he just never had anything paid off in that. Just because he won that, then it should have been like a title shot or something. He like, I think he had like so much momentum, and they just kind of like killed it. And then after losing 20 title matches, you can't exactly. be really believable anymore. Yeah. So I think it's a big problem with Cesaro right now, right? Like you said before, like maybe if you told me, like you go back to maybe 2011, maybe, maybe 2012, I'm not really sure. Dolph Ziggler, like he was, he's a great worker. Like Dolph Ziggler is a prime example of this. He's been in the WWE, not, you know, counting his days, his spirit squad, whatever else. Loved like, him in the spirit squad. As Dolph Ziggler has been with the company for about six years now. But you go back to earlier in his reign and his tenure, he didn't have that it factor. Like, he had all the in-ring skills. He, he, like, when he was with Vicky, he was great. I could see him as a world champion. Okay, yeah, sure, but he didn't have it. And he's gotten that it factor. He's got that crowd connection. People love the guy. He's one of the most over guys in the company with Daniel Bryan being out. So, um, yeah, I think it's just going to take time. Cesaro's been in WWE for, like, maybe two and a half years. Like I said before, Ziggler's been here for six. He's still a relatively younger. longer than that, too. Oh, Long, yeah, 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 yeah. Ziggler, yeah, exactly, like. Almost close to a decade. Almost yeah, he's been around for a while. As yeah, he, he was, was Nick Nemeth as a caddy for Kerwin White for like oh five. Yeah, yeah. when before and then he Eddie was died. Spirit Squad. Yeah, that's when they were kind of over. And then somehow out of him, he was the only one that only one that got through them. I thought so Kenny Dykes. Thought Kenny Dykstra was the next man. I thought Kenny. He Dykstra was the was only one that kind of like shined out of the Spirit Squad, and some reason. Ziggler came out. I don't know. I don't know. He had that like douchey look, like Miz. I thought for the longest Dyche time, I always thought Dyche he was like, had, a like a Miz. Miz like dickhead he, look. The whole gimmick I thought was very Miz like. I don't know how they dropped the ball on that guy. But nevertheless, going back to what we were saying before, I think Ziggler, <laughs> Cesaro is very much like Ziggler, and it's going to take time for him to pay his dues, stuff like that. So I thought that was really interesting. But another very kind of a news announcement from the podcast last night Macho Man Randy Savage. 99% confirmed for the Hall of Fame. Just because Vince said it doesn't mean it's happening, but pretty much confirms it's happening. So, RJ, I'm going to get your thoughts. Macho Man Hall of Fame 2015? Sounds good to me. Sounds good to you? You've been waiting long enough? I don't really, like, like lost sleep over Macho Man not being in the Hall of Fame, but he should be in it. So, Clark, what Here's, do you... Th- I think I think I, ultimate, I wanted Ultimate Warrior to make it way before him, so now that Warrior's in, I guess, why not throw Macho Man a bone? My top three were that... 
These people better be inducted like they deserved it, like it was weird that they weren't in. It was uh, Warrior, Bruno, and uh, and Randy Savage. And, and Bob Blackman was kind of up but there, what too. I, I just don't get is, like, it kind of is like a kick to the nuts, kind of like Edge made it in before, like, Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior and Bruno San Martino. Like, Edge was good, but not as, like, he's not a legend. Like, you're not going to, like, ten years later, you're not going to, oh, Remember Edge? Like, well, maybe a little bit, but like, no, yeah, he's not the star like the, like an Ultimate Warrior, like Ed, uh, Macho Man or freaking uh, it's like Bruno, Bruno San Martino. Yeah, like Bruno San Martino was wrestling. I had just like, well, know, at like, the end the of the old... day, we've talked about this before. It's all about politics. Yeah. And Edge had just retired. He had that momentum. That's like a lot of people saying there's Eddie Guerrero blind Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's exactly. I feel yeah. like he got pushed in a little early. A lot of people died and. Maybe yeah, they just later. wanted to capitalize off. Eddie Guerrero would have gone in regardless. Same thing yeah. with Benoit. I think he would have gone and had he not, you know, done what he did. But you know, that's another <laughs> story for another day. But um, what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah, so I think it's about time that we're getting Savage in the Hall of Fame. And I know, like, Stone Cold was kind of pressing him on it. Like, are you bullshitting me? Like, are you telling the truth here? And he wanted to know like an exact date. Like, I wouldn't. I'm not expecting him yeah, to say exactly. he's going to be in the Hall of Fame next this year because then it ruined the chance. Like, ruined yeah. the surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we see that video package around WrestleMania season, then we'll know. And I'm pretty sure it's happening. They released a DVD on the guy, which I heard was great. And I'm going to watch that at some point. Um, they've got they made amends with Lanny Poffo, his brother, who I know hated the company <laughs> for the longest time. So I'm glad to see that. Um, Clark, I want to get your thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on Vince saying last night on the podcast that Macho Man is bound for the Hall of Fame? Um, I was actually pretty uh, uh, pretty happy about that because Macho Man does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but, yeah, I also liked when Stone Cold was just like, really? Are, are you really being serious right now? And Vince is like, yeah, I'm being serious. But, you know... To me, Vince kind of sounded forced to say it, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I would like to see Macho Man in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, his answer did come off a little strange. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And he was, like, kind of all yeah. smiles about it. Maybe that's why, like, Stone Cold saw through that. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like it came off sarcastically either. Like, I'm sure we already kind of knew that he was going in, but it was great to hear from Vince himself that he was going to be going in at some point because he probably knows that it's pretty much likely because, uh, it, it's weird because I was thinking about this the other day and it's not really more so, um, WWE that won't induct him. It's the other party. It's the Poffo family yeah. that didn't want him to be inducted. So it's not really on WWE. Like, it was a travesty that never inducted him before that. But, I mean, after his death, I think it was in 2012 that they asked the family, can we go in? And they said no. And I don't blame them because, based on what Lanny said, they didn't apologize. Vince didn't apologize or say, even offer his condolences to the family, which I don't really believe. But, you know, it's his side of the story, whatever. Um, so I get that. Ultimate Warrior, I think, was supposed to go in in, like, 2010. He's from the Phoenix, Arizona area. He was going to go in that year, and he turned it down. Bob Backlund maybe was supposed to go in at one point. Like, all this other stuff. So, same thing with CM Punk. Like, maybe, uh, like Vince was said last night on the podcast, like, he's open to Punk coming back, and we'll transition to this in a second, that he's open to Punk coming back. I think the biggest issue he said between the two was a lack of communication, which makes yeah. sense, um, which absolutely makes sense. And Punk was kind of saying the same thing, but he said they wouldn't get in contact with him. Now Vince was saying they can't contact him. There's two sides of the story, and then there's there, there's side A, there's side B, and then there's the truth. And um, you and I were talking about this beforehand, how Triple H will probably never talk. And I was very surprised that Vince talked about it and in as depth as he did, and I was very glad he didn't give a corporate BS answer. Um, Triple H, unless he's given that forum to talk, and even if he was, I don't think he would reveal his true feelings about it like he's not going to say like i hate cm punk he's not going to say that publicly and i'm pretty sure he does because you know punk says he doesn't like him but you know he's not with the company anymore you know what i mean so it's a different story um but still the one last note on the austin mcmahon podcast before we move on um clark i'll ask you first what were your thoughts in the whole kind of transitioning into a bigger issue here which a lot of people have been talking about Brock Lesnar as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion advertised for next week's show, taking off the last minute. I still say it's not really his fault that the booking of him as champion has not has gone as well as a lot of people hoped. Has been on TV for three months. Vince was saying that he's an attraction. Paul Heyman said that in the promo. He's an attraction. A um, lot of opinions on this. I want to get your thoughts. Has Brock Lesnar being off TV for so long damaged the title? Do you think it was a bad idea off the start? I want to get your thoughts on this and uh, what Vince had to say on the matter last night on the podcast. 
Um, I do have to say that um, as a wrestling fan, because you know fans and the uh, and the business standpoint, you know they are different views. The business thinks it's a special attraction to keep Brock away, but as wrestling fans, we want to see the uh, the world champion on TV every single week, and that's how I feel. I do want to see Brock every week, and I understand that. Uh, Vince and Paul do say that Brock is a special attraction because he is. But um, but yeah, I would like to see Brock more on TV, and I think he's not he's not going to be at the Slammies, right? No, no, they took him off that show. All right. Um, it seems like I read that he's going to be like on the December fourteenth edition of Raw, but yep. it's a dirt sheet, so I wouldn't believe it. No, 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 yeah, I think, uh, no, I think there is some truth to that. I think until they pull him, I think he's going to be on the next night's Raw after the after the TLC pay-per-view, and then he's going to be on a whole bunch yeah. of Raws in December and January and whatever else. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, I, I do, yeah, I do agree also that Brock is a special attraction, but I just want to be the champion because that's what uh, the guys are fighting for, the, the top prize. And uh, for, you know, uh, Seth Rollins is a Money in the Bank uh, winner. So, you know, having no champion there, you, you know. No, yeah, absolutely, I agree. But um, I'm not of the mindset of many people in that Brock needs to be on TV every week. I don't think that's the case. Because like Paul Heyman said in his promo, if you have him on TV all the time, he's going to lose that mystique about his character. And I absolutely agree yeah, with that. True. And um, and if he's such an attraction, though, on the other side of the fence here, the least they could do was have him work one pay-per-view. Like, I'm not saying, like yeah. uh, like everyone's saying, oh, he needs to be on Raw this week, he needs to be on SmackDown, Superstars. Like, he doesn't need to be on TV every week. The least he could do is at least show up at the pay-per-views. And I'm not blaming Brock. It's WWE. And, he, and Vince said himself on the show last night, like, he came out right out and said it. It's in the contract that we signed with him. But you can dish yeah. out a little bit more money to have him show up for a few more shows. And we've talked about this before. I think at the very least... Like, I think Survivor Series could have been that much stronger, even though I thought it was a very good show. They could have had him on that show and do Brock and Orton in his hometown. And Orton wasn't involved in the main event at all. So you could have done that match yeah. and then Team Cena versus Team Authority. So, I don't know. That was just my yeah. two cents on that. But, um, RJ, yeah, but, yeah. No, no, go ahead. And, uh, um, yeah, like you said, uh, him appearing every week, like you said, that would lose attraction in him. Plus, if he did appear every week, um, there would be no baby faces left for him to go after because, you know, he is a legitimate beast. So um, having a former UFC champion in the WWE does bring a, uh, a monstrous personality towards him. And if he just appears every week and just destroys everybody, who is there left? Exactly, you know and that's what, what Vince was saying, yeah. Yeah. That's what he's saying on the podcast, like that he would destroy half the babyface roster and who's there left to work with. So I agree with that. But I mean, he can come yeah. back. He doesn't have to come back and feud with Ryback for a, for a date. It doesn't really matter. Okay. You know, just come back for one pay per view feud with Orton or and Cena's number one contendership is going to be on the line at, at TLC, and we'll get into our TLC predictions next week um, for a final yeah. live edition of 2014. We'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, your thoughts, RJ, on Brock Lesnar not being on TV every single week? I think I don't really don't think it really matters that much. I think we've gone far enough without him being on TV that really doesn't matter that much. I don't think their product's really suffering that much that the title's not on the show because I feel like we already know Cena's number one contender and we still don't know when it's gonna be. But I read earlier like they said they ha- he has a contract every year, certain amount of dates. He's already worked four pay-per-views this year. That's more than he's worked his whole time with WWE. He worked Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, and United Champions. So I guess in a way, obviously, if they really want him back and they really need him, they probably could fork up some money. But if they're gonna go with this whole like spectacular, like like Vince said, like if he brought him back, he'd be crushing baby faces, and then they have no one left. That kind of does make sense. But I think that eventually he'll be back. I think having him every week would kind of water it down. Like he's here every week. Obviously, The Rock wasn't there every week when he was a champion. And I just think that the tight like. Who would you re- like? I think Cena and like the little Rollins thing is good enough for now, before Rock and I mean Brock and Cena. But like if he was there and then they had like this like then what they do with Rollins? I think it's just like him being away kind of like helps everyone else a little bit. 
and that like matches don't need the title to be over. Like at least like Rollins and Cena's not over the title. Like you don't need matches to be over the title. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it helps the title in the long run, and that these people are feuding for a shot at the title, not necessarily over the championship. And we've talked this at length before, in that. Cena versus Lesnar is a feud I didn't really want to see again, and it looks like we're going to be getting it if Cena can defeat Rollins at TLC, and I'm hoping that he doesn't, but you never really know. Um, and I, I, it looks like from TLC to Royal Rumble, it's about a six or seven week build. So if Lesnar is going to be on the show after TLC and be on the week, I'll be on the show every single week after that. They're going to have to do Cena and Lesnar every single week again, and like, what more can you do? Because we saw this going to SummerSlam, we saw it going into Night of Champions. What more can you do with this feud? I want to get your thoughts on this quick, RJ. It's a pretty dead being horse already. I think the Cena Lesnar feud has gone its course, and I think it really needs to end. I think, obviously, hopefully at Royal Rumble. The thing is, they fight at Royal Rumble. I hope for God Lesnar goes over. But then Elimination Chamber, he's going to have to fight Cena again because Cena's going to be one of the guys in the chamber. I think. The I don't think he's going to work. Th- they're not doing the chamber again, remember? T- it's Fastlane or whatever it is. I don't is. know. They took that out? Yeah. Um, I guess not then, um, but. I just think the Cena thing was... It should have been, like... It should have been Lesnar get over him on 2011 Extreme Rules, and it should have been the end of it. I think it was 2011, right? 12. 2012 Extreme Rules. And then... I just think the Cena-Lesnar match... After getting squashed at SummerSlam, it just makes no sense. Yeah, they should How could Cena all of a sudden just come back? Exactly, yeah. I don't know. I think that should have been... I think it should have been Orin versus Lesnar, or something fresh, but... That's what I was going to ask you next. How, so. how would you book it? I would have had Lesnar versus Orton. Well, I mean, or, now, going forward. Oh, now I'd have Cena lose at TLC. I'd have Orton screw over Cena to help Seth Rollins, and then he'd RK Seth Rollins, too, so it's still like the anti hero kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then him go after Lesnar at Royal Rumble. Yeah, Orton, Lesnar, Royal Rumble. I think that's a good match. I think it's one of the, We've talked about this before. Royal Rumble pay per view isn't about the Rumble. It isn't about the championship, I'm sorry. It's all about the Royal Rumble match. The Rumble That's just sucked the last couple of years, too. Yeah, 2014 wasn't good. Someone asked me that this past yeah, week. That 2014 was underrated. I was, don't yeah, think it was so. Really right where it belongs. Brian versus Wyatt was a great good, match. But, but everything else, the Rumble match was like one of the worst in recent like, years. Torito. When you said El Torito, I yeah, laughed. Torito, JBL. There was a lot of weird ones. Like Kevin Nash came back for like no reason. Godfather, was, I think. God, uh, that was last year. Yeah. Last year, I thought was pretty good. 2013, they had like Jericho come back. Godfather. Isn't this year like... They said, like, ECW guys coming in. Yeah, in Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Tommy Dreamer. Like, what about the... Team 3D, dude? That's what I was thinking of in Philadelphia, Cheers. ECW country. You don't, want, you don't want to see Team 3D back for uh, one night? I wouldn't mind. I don't want to see, like, Tommy Dreamer, like, Sandman, like, smoking a cigarette. Like, go home. <laughs> Sandman is out of shape. I'm Sabu, gonna... go home. Like, all those other clowns can go home. I'm pretty sure it's just rumors. We've seen the ECW. I wouldn't mind. So Actually, times. I wouldn't mind Tommy Dreamer, but I can't stand Sabu and Sandman. The like gimmick balls Mahoney like a fucking <laughs> yeah. steel chair. I Twenty hate years him. ago, maybe, but like, in twenty fourteen, yeah. I'm not. Or twenty fifteen, I'm sorry, well, I wouldn't be like, interested. That's like saying you're interested in Kane still. Yeah, exactly. Bring back, bring back, bring back uh, New Jack. Just kidding. Vince would never do that. No, yeah. Well, I mean, we never thought that he would speak on uh, on Macho Man Randy Savage. So I guess never say never. But. Uh, no, yeah, I think it's all. I think it's just all rumor. I don't think it's gonna be like a whole ECW love fest. We've seen that how many one, two, two thousand, and four hundred, five hundred, sixty times. Like we've seen it so many times in WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, whatever else. They've just done it to death. But um, yeah. So that was the Austin podcast. But before we move on to the uh, to the Punk talk here, which we do need to address, I just do want to give uh, RJ the the Forum Two rant, and it's Wrestle Rant Radio. And we've got about 20 minutes left here on the show, and Clark and I are going to be talking about this since RJ did not listen to the podcast. Thank God. Um, so I want to get your thoughts, RJ. You're not the biggest Punk fan, obviously. So I want to give your thoughts on the uh, on CM Punk rant away, my friend. Rant away? I don't know. I just I saw like I don't know. I just like saw like what he said and stuff like that, like bitching and moaning about like how he was hurt and like Vince like wanted to come back early to fight and like how he wasn't getting paid more and all this other crap and like. He didn't get the match he wanted, so he left. Like Triple H and him weren't the best of friends, but obviously I feel like Triple H is kind of hard to work with. I think he's kind of a very egotistical guy, so I wouldn't see that not being true. But I like, like I said to Graham, like 2003, I think it was 2003, Lesnar had like broken ribs, a broken neck. Guy won the title and wrestled for the next like freaking like four or five months with the title. Like that shit happens like that. Like if you're contract and you're supposed to be the best like Lesnar said it in like an interview with E60 on uh, ESPN like yeah it sucked like I was like taking like prescription pills like, I had broken ribs broken neck but like 
I'm the top guy, can't give up my spot, like, this is what happens. That's why he said he eventually left the WWE at first because he couldn't handle the schedule and, like, working hurt and stuff like that. But at least he, like, wrestled the end of his contract then. Like, I think the whole CM Punk leaving early, like, that just kind of, like, took a dig at the fans. Like, you know what, screw you. Like, I'm like I don't get what I want. I'm hurt. I'm just going to leave. Like, Daniel Bryan's been hurt. I bet just all these other guys, Cena's been hurt. Cena had that huge freaking pus thing on his freaking elbow for, like, three years. I remember that, yeah. And he wrestled through it. Like, I think it just, like... Just a coward way to leave. Like, oh, I'm just going to leave and pack my stuff and leave because I don't like what's going on. And then, like, everyone's like, oh, he got fired on his, on his freaking wedding. Then don't don't leave in the first place. And if the communication was there that he was eventually going to come back, I doubt they would have fired him. I think I think he just didn't say anything to anyone. And supposedly it was by accident that they fired him on his wedding. I don't know. That's what Vince said. Vince said, but I just think that if you leave, you should expect to get the pink slip. That's like saying if you leave your job at freaking – a corporate place and you leave and just don't say anything and then they're just going to fire you and that's what happens. That's like saying a guy in the NFL just leaves his football team for three months and he's surprised he gets fired. It's a business, people. You can't just leave your job and not say anything. I think, I don't know, I've never been, really been the biggest punk fan. I think he took the easy way out and kind of like stuck it to the fans saying like, you know what, I'm not going to wrestle anymore and I'm not going to say anything for fucking pretty much a year he waited to say anything. I just think it's kind of bullshit. I don't know. So, well, on that note, I thought it was interesting from what he said. He didn't come out right and set up, but it was just kind of inference in that he walked out. We'll just do the timeline here. He walked out in January after the Royal Rumble, and he was suspended for two months after, I mean, his suspension would have ran up the night after WrestleMania, which is what he said on the podcast. So, after the suspension was over, he was eligible to come back, but they weren't in communication with each other. Vince said he's hard to communicate. Punk said the same thing about them. So, two sides of the story, whatever. We'll never really know the truth. So that happened, and then he was going on his honeymoon. Triple H said, let's talk, and he said, no, talk to me after my honeymoon. And then he finds out he got wedding. He got fired on his wedding day. He got the papers in the mail on that day. Vince, like you said before on the podcast, apologized. Um, he said he didn't listen to the podcast, but I guess he heard from other people. And he said it was just a coincidence. We'll never really know. But um, what I want to talk about just briefly from my perspective is that I think – you know, had they not fired him, there is a chance because he never said he was leaving. I mean, he said he was still under contract after he walked out. It wasn't until June that he was officially let go. So I think there could have been a chance that he could have come back had they had the right communication skills. And he could have been back by now. We could be seeing CM Punk at the WWE. So I thought that was interesting. So all the times that for, you know, earlier on in the year that we were talking about and people were asking, oh, when's he coming back? When's he coming back? There was a chance he could have been back. Like he could have been right. You know what I mean? Like, I, well, I guess we'll never really know. I just thought that was interesting. But uh, complete 180 here. We go from, you know, the CM Punk, you know, the, 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 I don't know, because you don't like CM Punk. I like CM Punk. Clark's a big CM Punk fan, so just getting the whole spectrum here. But, uh, Clark, I want to get your thoughts. What were, your, what were you thinking when you heard this two-hour podcast with Colt Cabana last week on Thanksgiving Day? What was going through your head when you heard this podcast? Um, well... First off, let me say that I am I am really happy that Punk is healthy and happy with his life now. Uh, but yeah, when Punk walked out back in January, you see, the news broke out on, on a Wednesday. And uh, that was the week that WWE was in my town, Wichita, Kansas. And he was advertised for Wichita. So I went up to Mom, and she was taking me and my brother to the event. I said, Mom... CM Punk left the company. She's like, it's just a storyline. I'm like, no, he, he really left. And she's like, no way. But, um, yeah, I kept on waiting and waiting uh, for Punk to come back. But then I was, at a, uh, I was at a summer camp when his contract expired. I'm like, well, I guess we're not going to see him back. Plus when he said, uh, he said something about, like, his lawyer saying that uh, he – absolutely despises professional wrestling that just like uh nailed to just put a nail in the coffin like we're, we're probably not going to see punk for a while considering the fact that he hates professional wrestling now uh but yeah i i enjoyed hearing the uh his side of the story uh hearing him say that he had a staff infection for months while wrestling with it and then getting it checked out and the doctor said that he could that he could be dead. That's just like, whoa! Like if Punk, if Punk never left and he was still wrestling right now, 
he wouldn't be wrestling right now. He would he he he'd be dead right now. But yeah, I'm really happy that he's doing whatever he does, going to a Blackhawks game, uh, writing comic books, you know, all that stuff. So on that note, too, there were a couple of rumors going around a while ago in terms of, you know, all this stuff, you know, why CM Punk left, a lot of speculation. You and I talked about it the first time we were ever on the show many, many months ago. And, um, you know, on that note, I also am very glad that he's healthy, happy, whatever, so I'm glad he's doing his own thing now. But um, bottom line, I mean, one of the rumors that was going around why he left was because of Batista, and yeah. I, I thought that was interesting because he talked about that on the podcast, why... Punk, along with everyone else except for Vince and maybe a few other people, thought it was a good idea to bring him back as a babyface. But Punk and every, like I said before, Punk and everyone else was against it. Whatever. But um, that was a big rumor for a very long time that people resented Batista because he was the reason why Punk left. And of course, yeah. Punk cleared that up. That was not the case at all. So I thought that was interesting. But um, yeah, just a lot of weird, like interesting comments from Punk about dirt, about certain things. Like a lot of it, I agreed with. The Ryback stuff I thought was interesting. Like he completely, like there was only three people on the he podcast. Just, he just verbally killed Ryback. And yeah, I, pretty I much. Punk hates, I know Punk hates the word now, but he but he uh, dropped a pipe bomb on him. So, yeah. No, yeah, it was there, there were three people over the course of the podcast that he verbally buried. It was Triple H, Ryback, and the Doctor Chris Amen. I think his name was. Yep. But um, so that was interesting. But, um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was really, really interesting and in, in how he talked about it and his departure and stuff like that. But you mentioned it yourself, and you kind of implied there that you thought he would be back. Um, do you think yeah. he will be back one day in, in some capacity? Um, time will tell. I can't – I'm not going to look into the future because if Punk does – well, in, in wrestling – all wrestlers say expect the unexpected, never say never, all that stuff. Um, and Punk did, did not say anything like, like, I'm done with WWE. Well, actually, yeah, he did in the podcast, but it's probably just because he still has um, uh, a heated relationship with them. But, you know, Ultimate Warrior had that same thing, and um, Stone Cold Steve Austin did back in 2002. I think Punk just needs to like cool down a little bit, and then talk to Vince or whoever. And if Vince is like is is gone, like perm- permanently gone, and Triple H taken over, then we probably won't see Punk for a while because Triple H hates him. There were a lot of things about it that that I thought were really interesting, and that like you just talked about, and him returning, and uh, just everything about the whole fact about. Warrior, Savage, Bruno San Martino, everyone comes back eventually. And I think of CM Punk, he's a lot like Warrior in the way, like the mindset and the kind of stubbornness a little bit. And um, Stone Cold, yeah. like you said, Stone Cold is like Punk in that way too. But it took Stone Cold, what, eight months to come back? It took Warrior 18 years. So it's really, really yeah. different in that sense. But um, bottom line is that Warrior ultimately came back. And I do think he will be making it back at some point as well. I'm not saying it's going to be anytime. I, like I've said this since day one. But I'm, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. It's not going to be next month, next year, whatever. I just think he'll be back at some point, even if it's for a Hall of Fame induction. It may not be in a wrestling role, but I think he'll be back at some point. But I was thinking before, too, I was thinking about this a couple days ago, in that the big thing with San Martino and Savage especially in that uh, and Warrior is that these guys were all old. They don't have much time left. And if they didn't bury the hatchet, yeah. they would die without burying the hatchet. That's exactly what happened with Savage. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not going to happen with CM Punk. And he has a lot more time than these guys because he left when he was 35, 36 years old. But the problem isn't with Punk. It's more so with, with WWE, with Vince being 69 years old. I'm not saying yeah. he's going to die in the next five years, but uh, he doesn't have a lot of time left. You know what I mean? And I think if, he's yeah. gonna, if there's any chance of him coming back, it's not going to be – he's not going to be making amends with Triple H first. It'd be with Vince because he obviously is on yeah. better terms with Vince, and he said that in the podcast last night. That he'd be open to talking about with, to talking with uh, with CM Punk and Vince was talking about how they had Jim Ross and Jim Ross was kind of the mediator between the two, and they don't have like yeah. a Vince uh, a Jim Ross like figure today in WWE, so maybe that's all they really need. But um, if Vince was gone and Triple H was in charge, it's a lot less likely that we'd see CM Punk and back in WWE. Kurt Angle is a prime example, I think. Um, again, all dirt sheet stuff. Take it for what it's worth. Take it for what it's worth. 
Um, and that Triple H didn't like Kurt Angle, hence why he didn't sign a contract with him a couple of months ago, hence why he's not coming back to the WWE next year. And I guess he's sticking with TNA. It's not. It's never really been confirmed yet. We're all just, like all speculation. But still, though. Well, apparently, uh, Angle's going to be on a Vince Russo's podcast this week, I believe, and he's going to talk about his decision, like of going to WWE or TNA. I, I don't know the details much, but I just read it uh, very briefly just a couple days ago. But yeah, like you said, Triple H doesn't like Angle for some reason. And we all know that why Triple H doesn't like Punk. Um, I, I can't. I could see Angle. I could see Angle coming back more than CM Punk. That's a very good question. I'll ask you too, RJ. Who do you think is going to be back first, Kurt Angle or CM Punk? I'd say Kurt Angle. I do you think, think? I don't know why. I don't know what thing is. I just don't know why him and Triple H have beef. I just. It wasn't like Kurt Angle was in the was in WWE long enough. At the point of him and Triple H really having beef, because he left in like oh seven, I think six. Oh six or seven. Triple H really wasn't. They never really feuded, so I just don't see the hatred. I think Vince. I think people saying like Triple H want to let him back. I think if Kurt Angle wanted to come back, Vince McMahon would sign him. I think. I think Kurt, obviously Vince has more power than Triple H obviously does. Good, but point. I think the whole thing of Punk and Triple H that's kind of like their own thing. Like you said, if Vince. Is out of the picture soon. I don't think that would be resolved. I think is, I just don't get like I don't. I don't obviously didn't hear the podcast. So I don't know why the real hatred between CM Punk and Triple H really is. I thought, I guess the booking maybe. I just obviously I didn't listen to the podcast, so I don't know. But I just think Kurt Angle would be more and make more sense. I think Kurt Angle is a bigger WWE guy in a sense of earlier attitude era guy. Like he was one of the bigger face attitude ever that really hasn't. Been back in the last couple of years, like Mick Foley, Rock, Triple H, Stone Cold, all of them have been back. The only guy that's really been missing, besides in Jericho, is Kurt Angle. And I think Kurt Angle. Uh, yeah. Is, yeah. By the time Angle, by the time uh, Angle left uh, uh, WWE in '06, what well, I think he was like the top paid guy or something like that. So like he had, he had like a lot of. Uh, I. I I guess he would have a lot of backstage power, I guess. I don't really know how to put it, but uh, he was he was um, a top guy at the time, so, yeah. Yeah, but that, but I know that for a fact that Randy Orton has backstage uh, authority, too. Like, he can shut down storylines and stuff well, like that. Triple H are good friends. Yeah, exactly, yeah. but still, but come on, like... He, let's extend like Great Khali was he was one of the highest paid WWE guys before he just got released so I think that hopefully Kurt Angle comes back I think he was probably one of my favorite wrestlers in my childhood um, I think I've seen him at TNA but I think he could easily have another run I think he's in well enough shape that he could actually have a run it wouldn't be like a one time only like match or like Sting or something like that but the, the whole CM Punk Ryback thing I think that's a little stretch because I think if Ryback wasn't safe in the ring they would give him the axe like that's why kind of Mr. Kennedy got kicked out of the way because he kept hurting people and he got Orton hurt almost hurt again and then Orton Triple H so that kind of like gave Mr. Kennedy the boot but I think if Ryback was really that bad of a worker and like was very dangerous I doubt he'd be in the ring right now and I doubt he'd be he'd be in the main event of a favorite exactly I think that's a little stretch I think maybe him and Ryback have some beef maybe because Ryback kind of took the main event spot over CM Punk which he shouldn't have but it is what it is I think if he was that bad of a worker and dangerous in the ring, he would have been like Mr. Kennedy and got released. Like, Mr. Kennedy was yeah, kind of exactly. hot at a point, but I remember he came back from injury, and there was, like, a Raw. It was, like, Team Laker versus Team Nuggets. Some stupid <laughs> shit. I remember that, yeah. And Orton almost got hurt. and Orton, they Orton cut, was, like, a week later. Yeah, and he was cut the next week, and they were saying, like, he was, like, dangerous in the ring, and they just couldn't trust him. And I could say the same thing with Ryback. Ryback's not that big. That would make that much of a difference. If he's that dangerous in the ring, they're not going to let him wrestle. Well, I mean, there have been reports of before about Ryback being stiff in the ring, but he hasn't injured many people. Like he, he's like not AJ yeah. Styles. What? He's not AJ Styles. <laughs> he's not AJ. He's not AJ Styles. But yeah, yeah. I, he, you know, I guess he's stiff in the ring. Maybe he's injured more people. Maybe more people than we know about. But as of right now, I mean, maybe CM Punk, based off what CM Punk said. But um, then again, he really hasn't faced. He hasn't really feuded with many people. Um, John Cena, I mean, he and John Cena, I guess, are good friends. And if John Cena didn't see anything in the guy, then the guy wouldn't be in the main event of a pay-per-view this past week. You know what I mean? He wouldn't been 
if he worked with Punk, okay, then why would he have worked with John Cena for as many, men, as many months as he did in 2013? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think there's just more to the story just in that. Maybe he doesn't like him as a person. I don't really know. But you mentioned the thing about Kurt Angle. And I think, yeah, I, I do agree. I was kind of debating that, who's going to be back first between Angle and Punk. And I still say to this day, actually, before I go on, do you think Punk will ever be back? Yes or no? If One we, day. Oh, yeah, I think he'll be back eventually. I don't think he'll be... In the next one or two years. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think eventually will. I ho- I think once if Vince ever does pass away, I think it'd be a lot less less likely, likely he'll yeah, be yeah. back. But maybe him and Triple H can, can um, sever ties. I guess. I just think I I just think the way that he left was kind of like I think it would be hard for WWE to bring him back because he kind of like turned his back on the company in a way. So I feel like. They'll let that fume for a little bit. Like like you said, like guys like Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that, they were like 18 years after. Like Owen Hart and that whole stuff too. Like he still hasn't been in the Duck Hall of Fame. He died exactly. like 10, 12. 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 15 years ago. So it is – but at least Bret Hart came back after 15 years. Yep, so I exactly. think that's all Vince. I think Vince kind of knew like his time's kind of coming to end and these guys, especially the older guys, like they're not going to have that much time left. So maybe it's time to make amends. Maybe Triple H and CM Punk can do that later on down the line. But I think I think it's kind of to a sense like I think triple I think Vince sees it different than Triple H. Triple H kind of like sees it in the way like they made Punk to how far across he was. Like he kind of just like went from ECW kind of like not that big. Won two money in the banks. Like they gave him the torch kind of like to become a star. Obviously he worked his ass off too. But they gave him all the stuff and then he just turns on the company kind of like kind of like a dag at them like kind of stabbing them in the back like. We made you this good, and you kind of fucked us over. I could see. I mean, there's two sides to the story here. I'm a big punk fan. I could see where he was coming from, but at the same time, he seems like that's kind of he's that, that he's that kind of person where he strives for goals. If he doesn't make it at WrestleMania, I'm out of here. Austin was the same way. I understand that, but at the same time, you can at least show appreciation appreciation for the fact. And he never had once mentioned this in the podcast. Not to dig at punk. But he never once mentioned in the podcast that he appreciated the fact that he's the longest reigning t- champion in history. I don't think he mentioned that at all during the course of the podcast, that he held that title longer than anyone else in the last 25 mm, years. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, they gave him a lot, but I could see where he's coming from. Like, they didn't give him where he's, he deserved the WrestleMania in the main event. You know what? That was stupid, too. Like, he was complaining that he didn't get, like, he wanted a sponsor or some shit, and he was pissed that Lesnar got one or something like that. He, like, approached Vince about it, and then Lesnar got instead. That's because Lesnar's a way bigger name than CM Punk is. You ask any random guy on the street, I guarantee they don't know who CM Punk is. If you ask him Brock Lesnar, I guarantee they know who he is. Brock Lesnar's a star. He's a UFC champion. He played in the NFL with freaking... He, like, he was like one of those guys that just came out and you just see the guy and the guy's a freak. And everyone just knows who he is. I just don't think... I think he was a little over in his head. That's like I could see Cena maybe getting sponsorship because John Cena. But CM Punk, come on. It was a little different. That I didn't have a problem with. It was what else he said, because he said that he was going to accompany Chael Stone and the UFC fighter to the ring for one of his matches, or one of his, uh, yeah, one of his UFC matches, and they declined it. He's, they said no. And then I guess it was the next week for a boxing match that Triple H company Mayweather yeah. to the ring, and he was pissed about that, and I understand yep. that. that is, I, I was kind of pissed about that, too, because like, he was at the he, like had his arm broken kayfabe and he was out there like hugging the oh, guy yeah. that's what really got me with Triple yeah, H it was kind of like that. you're like flipping off the fans like I'm with Floyd Mayweather so I'm not hurt anymore that's I could see I that could double see, standard I could see that yeah the sponsorship thing I didn't really that didn't really bother me I could see why they did that because he already had sponsors and MMA anyway in UFC so yeah, I mean exactly. it's really Les, that's already like a that's a combined deal, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. He so had, I like, the Jimmy that. Johns and I don't know the other one was. No, I definitely know the like, JJ Death, ones, Death yeah. Clutch was his own, like, yeah, thing. Yeah. He already had that in UFC, so mm-hmm. make more money, why not? Exactly. But what I was saying before, that I think Angle doesn't have any heat with Triple H. He's like, you know, like, why the hell aren't you bringing me back? And Triple H may not like him. I get that. So, But CM Punk and Triple H mutually have a, hate for, have a hatred for each other. That's why it's a little less likely that he's going to be back before Kurt Angle. But... Like I said before, I think it's only a matter of time before both guys are back. It's maybe not going to be next year, nah, next decade, whatever. I just, don't get, I just don't get the heat between Triple H and Kurt Angle. Like, I Hopefully think, Kurt Angle hears these rumors and he, and he addresses this on the on the podcast with Russo, like Clark was saying before. I, I just hope think so. like maybe because Kurt Angle was a little bit more over during the Attitude Hour than Triple H was. That's the Attitude Hour. That's what it is, yeah. I think that might have been because like, Triple H from like 2003 or 2004 was the man. He was the top heel. Like, they were... That just skyrocketed up his ass. 
Guy was pushed, like, the face of WWE for those few years. I think it really was that Kurt Angle was a little bit more over in the Attitude Era than Triple H was. He was also one of the most, like, legit wrestlers yeah, exactly. in the company. Triple H, you know, yeah. I don't know. Something along those lines. Maybe he was jealous that he could actually beat him up because he was a wrestler and he <laughs> wasn't. I don't know. Something like that. But I thought that was interesting, though. So before we close out here, RJ, any final thoughts? CM Punk, awesome podcast. Everything else going on in WWE right now. I hope they keep doing the podcast in, like, that form. I like that form. That was really cool, yeah. I, I want to listen to Bray Wyatt one. I want to listen to Bray Wyatt one. but Yeah, that's on Podcast One right now, yeah. But that was good. I, I tweeted this last night, but we didn't bring it up. How, like, the Big Show Eric Rowan thing. I said, what's going to be TLC, Eric Rowan versus Big Show in a steel steps match? <laughs> After you tweeted that to me during mid-show, he comes back out with the steel steps. And you hit him right in the head with them. Yeah. Like, they got to do that. I don't know. Yeah. But I think TLC is shaping up to be a pretty good show. I, could, I don't really care about Ryback and Kane. That match kind of, like... You called that dude. You called that. It needs that. a stip, I guess. It's what it is. Like, Kane's so bad. Ryback. It kind of, like, sucks to Ryback. Like, yeah, you got Kane. Like, fuck. Yeah, but I'm thinking it's building to an authority match. Like, there were rumors of yeah. Ryback, Triple H at WrestleMania, but now I'm not really too sure. We talked about that here on the show before. Um, so I don't have a problem with it, but Rollins, Cena looks good. What's the other match? Wyatt and Ambrose could be a kick-ass match in TLC. There's a lot of good matches on the card. The tag team title match, Miz and Mizdow versus the Usos. A lot of good matches right now, which actually has a story now. They actually acknowledge oh, yeah. that Trinity yeah. and uh, Jimmy are actually married, so I was glad they finally acknowledged that. was that. a good documentary, too, that Usos won. Yes, that's you know, what I was going to say. I got choked up when they were talking about how they the got Umaga. signed and Umaga died the day they got signed the WM. Yep. Like, that was very, Jesus. very sad, yeah, because that's a big Umaga fan, too. Yeah. I was a big Umaga fan, but I just thought it was sad. No, yeah, it was my favorite wrestler. I, I actually talked about this in the video this upcoming week on YouTube, but yeah, because it was five years ago this week that he passed away. Can you imagine that? It's crazy, dude. But, um, yeah, talking about the Uso thing, and I was telling you this yesterday, but I like how they're adding more exclusive content. Yeah, I like how it wasn't too long, too. It was in like an hour half and hour, a half. Yeah. It was half an hour, like, yeah. perfect. Yep, that was good. Then podcast They, like, recognize how, like, they're related to Raymond, uh, Roman Reigns and yep. The Rock and stuff like that. So I like, I like how they're recognizing stuff now. Yeah, it's instead good. Of, instead of, like, like, they're not related at all. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, related. there's no relation. Sorry about that. Yeah, like, don't act like we're stupid. It's exactly. not the whole anonymous Raw GM thing with Hornswoggle. It's yeah. not that they're not insulting our intelligence yeah. too much. Exactly. Um, but that, and I think they're having a Mick Foley comedy show that they feel oh. like he does comedy shows and they're filming that for the network it's exclusive content like I would want to see that but at least they're doing more I'll stuff like this we'll see if I laugh we'll see we'll see we'll see but I'm looking forward to them actually building the network more and I don't deem it a failure like some people have and I think it's the, the bottom line it's just going to take time that's what Vince said last night it's going to take time for superstars the network everything it's just going to take time so before I love we go- the network what was that? I love the network so much. I'm on it like every day, pretty much. Well, I don't get us like people complaining. Like it's ten bucks a month. If you bought the pay per views, it'd be fifty bucks. So you get five months for equal one pay per view, and you can do whatever you want on it. Old pay per views. Like people like content. it sucks, dude. Like they have no exclusive stuff. Like what are you complaining about? You're paying forty dollars less each month for pay per views, and you can watch all the old stuff that you want. You know you're gonna watch. Pay-per-views. I feel it's more for like deep fans that want to watch. Like a casual fan wouldn't want to buy the network. No, no. Well, maybe for the pay per views. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Like, for me, like, they're not going to go back I and watch the old pay per views. Exactly. Yeah. I, I could spend that same price, nine ninety nine on an old pay per view. I wish they had the network earlier. I remember, like, from, like, 03 to, like, 08, like, my dad bought, like, every pay per view. That's for what me. I'm saying. You spend, so that, that, you spend like, that same spend price. Like, Nine ninety nine, five hundred bucks a year for me to watch every pay per view. Exactly, like, Jesus. Exactly, like you're spending that much money for one for for nine ninety nine. I could go to Fye and buy a pay per view, but you get five hundred of them on the network exactly. for that it's same so price. You know, it. yeah, it's absolutely worth it. I don't see the complaints, but you know, to each their own. But before we go off the air here, Clark, I want to get your final thoughts on Punk, Austin, anything else going on in WWE. Um. I am excited for part two of Art of Wrestling coming out this week. Um, I sure hope that Punk does come back someday. Like you said, not next year, maybe not next decade, but uh, at some point in life. And, uh, yeah, I will never stop being a CM Punk fan. Sounds good, brother. Thanks for joining us. It's been a blast having you on the show. But before we let you go, though, of course, plug your Twitter. Anything else you got going on? All right, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Clark of Insanity. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram with that name, and uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Random Hat Dude ninety six. Sounds good, man. Like I said before, thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you, Graham. No problem. Catch you down the road, brother. All right, see you. And, of course, before we go off the air, RJ, it's time for these shameless plugs. And we've got one of the shameless plugs in here. Jeff Stone's here. Let's go. I got something to say first. Oh, okay, go ahead. So everyone's complaining about CM Punk not being on. I want to ask a question. Where has Rey Mysterio been, people? <laughs> one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I haven't seen him in months, maybe a year. No, he was at WrestleMania. Yeah. I think, yes. Last match like, was Where is he? He was my childhood. And everyone's Hashtag complaining about not seeing Punk. Where the hell is Ray? Hashtag right. where's Ray? Exactly. Sorry. I'm going to hashtag, hashtag Ray, Ray. Hashtag book it. <laughs> All right. Shameless plugs. Usual Jeff, Cam, Molly, Sus, if I didn't name it too bad, at Raymond underscore Marceau on Twitter, at Ray Marceau on YouTube, and at WrestleRant. And Eric Rowan's theme music is amazing. Big Red, you mean? Big, I <laughs> Big Red. Eric Rowan, not Big Red. Yeah, I know. They were shoving that down. JBL's like, Big Red, Big Red. I'm like, shut the hell up, JBL. JBL, I hate JBL. What's Jeff got there? Go ahead. I just want to say, feed me more. All right? And you can find me at, at, at Jeff Stone one on Twitter. And, uh, Who's your buried person of the week? Buried person of the week. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's not a person. It's a group. It's uh, Star and Goldust. Buried? Starting to get buried. I see the shovels. Buried. Get All the right. shovels. Just buried of the week. There we go. Gonna add on some sound effects, some digging in there. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, like we were talking about before, I was talking about this a few weeks ago, but hopefully um, next week we'll be, we will be live. Final live episode of 2014. Next week we'll probably come in early, do a TLC review, do it on podcast form. We'll also do another um, a talk over, like live commentary like we were talking about, of an old rumble that I'll put on before one of the upcoming Royal Rumbles. So, that's going to be pretty exciting. But like I said before, folks, we're live every Tuesday starting next week, or like last week is the final week that we're live here on the show, but we'll be back in 2015. Um, Live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73 at WrestleRant, like RJ said before. And you can also find me on Facebook at Graham Jason Matthews. Bleacher Report, same thing, and YouTube, same thing. Like you said before, Umaga, I'll be talking about that on this week's video blog, and the death of Umaga, and how sad it was five years ago this week. Why are you talking about that? Because it was five years ago this week, and the and the Uso special. The, yeah, the Uso special. <laughs> I do, I, I do. The Uso special was actually inspired that yeah, a little bit, because yeah, that made I me too. So, I hope so, a little bit. <laughs> so that being said, folks, like I said before, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week here on WrestleRant Radio. Have a great week, folks.